Hello, and welcome to Eyes on Success, a weekly program of information on the ever-changing world of accessibility. Now here are the hosts of this program, Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy. Hello, I'm Nancy. And I'm Pete. Well, last week we talked about audio description services and how people with vision impairments can use that to assist them to enjoy theaters, movies, art museums, etc. And we learned about the mechanics of how it's done, how the people are trained, and much more. This week, as a companion episode to that one, we are reprising a show from six years ago from when Eyes on Success was still called Viewpoints. In that episode, we visited what was then our regional theater company, and we talked to many of the people who make it happen, everybody from the artistic director to some of the patrons. So this week, you'll hear more detail about what's involved in creating an audio-described live theater performance and get to experience it a little bit. But first, for our tip of the week. This week's tip is that you can get heavily discounted tickets to Broadway and off-Broadway productions in New York City, complete with accommodations that are appropriate to your disability. The Theater Development Fund runs the Theater Accessibility Program. The Theater Development Fund is the not-for-profit service organization best known for operating the discount ticket booth for Broadway shows that has a big sign over it, TKTS, and there are a few of those around New York City. However, if you've got a disability through their theater accessibility program, you can actually get seating which is more appropriate to your needs so from their website for theater goers who are hard of hearing or deaf low vision or blind who cannot climb stairs or who require aisle seating or wheelchair locations the theater development fund obtains special seating according to need including aisle seating if you're bringing a guide dog There's no annual fee, but you must provide evidence of eligibility. The other great thing about this organization is that many of the seats that they offer you are near the front, right near the stage. So if you have low vision, you'll be able to see a lot better what's going on. Um, Also, I should mention that most of their tickets are very nearly half price, which in New York can be a real bargain. They also run a few described audio shows a year. So it's it's actually a really cool program where it, once you sign up, which is very easy, you go online to their website and you can get the application at www.tdf.org slash TAP, and that stands for Theater Development Fund dot org slash Theater Accessibility Program, or you can call them at area code 212-912-9770, extension 381. So once you've applied and presumably been accepted and, and you submit evidence of your disability, they'll email you an offer every month or perhaps even by paper mail, depending on how you sign up, listing four to six theatrical events that are coming up the following month And you can request tickets for whatever the performances are that they offer. And don't worry about leaving all your friends and relatives in the lurch. If you sign up as an eligible patron, when you order tickets, you can actually order a seat for yourself 
plus up to eight companions. Sounds like a party. Turning now to our low-tech item, we'll be talking about described audio at the Jiva Theater Center in Rochester, New York, where we live. We had never been to one, and we thought, what a great opportunity. We'd go down to Jiva Theater Center and talk to some of the people and learn about it. It was an interesting experience, and we certainly learned a lot. So the first person we talked to was Skip Greer. I'm Skip Greer. I'm the Director of Education and the Artist-in-Residence here at Jiva Theater Center. Does that make it so that uh, the described audio fits naturally under your purview? I'm not sure that that would be true with every theater, but oftentimes education, I think rightfully so, is considered a form of community engagement. And so there are many engagement programs that fit under education. Accessibility programs are one of those. We have a huge education program here. We serve 40,000 participants a year from kindergarten up to the postgraduate level. So it's interesting, as Skip indicates, as part of their outreach program, they not only accommodate the visually impaired and and different other disabilities, but also outreach to young children and all age groups and with lots of interesting different kinds of programs. You may remember from show 1140 when we were talking about audio description at the Art Museum, again, it was the director of education who was responsible for that program. In both cases, with both the theater and the museum, they just felt that audio description was reaching out to one more portion of their potential audience, and they're trying to make their product, whether it's theater or a museum or whatever, accessible to everybody and a welcoming environment to everybody. So how wonderful is that? Well, that's great. And the interesting thing is maybe not every museum or not every theater has these kinds of programs going on, but it is certainly worthwhile to ask. You might be surprised. And if it's not available in your town and enough people ask, well, maybe it will become available. So we asked Skip a little bit about the history of audio description at Jiva. How does the uh, described audio fit into that, and how did you get involved in that then? I'm in my 16th year here, so we must be in about our 19th year of audio description here. Mm -hmm. And many theaters have gotten in touch with us to find out how the program was set up over the years so that they could start it in their own theaters. We've got to do our best to try to make ourselves accessible for everybody. That's the reason it's in existence. Can you describe your role with regard to audio description and uh, historically? When I got here, audio description was up and running in, in its infancy, and then Lisa and I uh, worked together for years. I was the director of education and actually the entire education department for, for quite a number of years. And so I was setting up the program and setting up the rehearsals and, and working with Lisa to try to, to try to clean it up and clarify it in such a way that it was it was most effective. And then in the sixth year that I was here, we expanded the department, and then the audio description uh, program, many of the uh, accessibility programs fell under the duties of the associate director of education. And Catherine Maroney, who I love dearly, has left for Philadelphia just a couple of months ago, about seven weeks ago. Um, and so I'm stepping in now and running the audio description program for a couple of months until our new associate director of education arrives. 
you know, in some sense, we're kind of fortunate to have Lisa, who's been involved in this stuff for a long time. What mm-hmm. do other theater places do? I mean, how do they find people that are, you know, sort of knowledgeable about audio description and how to do it properly and stuff? <laughs> the actual answer is because they call Lisa. <laughs> they do. Ask her. They oh, call Lisa. Right? Yeah. So she's a national resource. She is. She absolutely is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They'll, they'll often start with her, and she'll send them in the direction of someone who's been up and running now. And as Skip mentions, we're pretty fortunate in Rochester here to have Lisa Hoffman, who set up this program and now coordinates it. And as Skip indicates, she's a national resource. Uh, We'll be meeting her in just a minute, and she's a large part of this program. Now, of course, when we went down to Jiva to talk to Skip, that was weeks before the performance, and we went all over the building to find a room that had decent acoustics. Well, the rest of these interviews all took place on the day of the performance, either right before or right after, and the acoustics weren't so great, we apologize. But here's Lisa Helen Hoffman. I'm Lisa Helen Hoffman, and I'm the audio description coordinator and trainer and consultant here at Juva Theater Center. Let's see, I'm 46. I've been blind since I was two due to retinoblastoma, which is cancer of the eyes. So and you don't see anything. Much. No, I don't see anything. Interestingly enough, Lisa, Nancy, and I all met about 30 years ago when we were all doing contra dancing, which is a form of American traditional dancing similar to square dancing. And we all danced back then and kept in touch with Lisa through the years on and off. And uh, that's how we knew about the audio description service in Rochester. And Lisa keeps telling us how awesome it is and how we need to go to a performance, so we finally did. Well, she's been involved for many, many years, and she's really instrumental in in making it work. Just over 18 years ago, they were doing Miracle Worker, and I came to the opening to see it. I mean, there was no audio description. Uh So you're in this lobby, and I overheard a conversation about this program they were bringing to Jiva describing the uh, the plays and I I think this is like the only time I've done this in my entire life <laughs> I just sort of said excuse me <laughs> I overheard your conversation um, <laughs> I mean because I was you know in my 20s <laughs> at the time and I just said you know I, I heard you talking about this program and I was wondering who was the person that's going to be working on this that's visually impaired and I asked and they said oh and they knew me because I've been coming here since I was about seven or eight years old. And they said, well, you know, we'll be in touch with you. And I thought, yeah, right. <laughs> I'd heard that before. So uh, they called me. And they had already had a training. So I worked on Miracle Worker. You are listening to Eyes on Success. 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 For this week's focus topic, we're going to bring you with us, as it were, as we attended our first audio-described live theater performance. The play was hysterical, but it was also fascinating to learn about the process. Here's Skip again, describing how the program works. How the program works for those who are uninitiated to it, it's quite remarkable. It is absolutely, to me, it's a bit of a wonder The notion of listening in one ear to the actor speaking while listening in the other ear in between the lines, hearing the description being given by the describer, 
it necessitates the building of a script and careful rehearsal before one gets to that point that is kind of miraculous. It expands the horizon of what is possible inside of a theater or with a performance. Have you ever sat through one as a participant? Oh, sure, many times, especially, especially in the first couple of years when we were trying to figure it all out. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Skip is the director of education, but as you might guess, it's important to have a blind or low vision person involved in the process. And here's Lisa again describing her involvement. It's always sort of an uphill thing because it's like I'm the only person really that's blind that's getting involved, you know, with creating audio description because really we're the bottom line. If it, if it doesn't make sense to us, then it's useless. <laughs> it's like everything else is a challenge, you know, because I mean we're blind, but we're using the service and at the same time we need to have something to say. This is where I just insist, if we're describing something, you know, you can't just go from left to right to center to back to the left, back to the right, up to, you know, but it's got to hang together. Got one shot. Well, I guess it's pretty crucial to have a visually impaired person involved in making the audio description if you want uh, visually impaired people to really understand it, get the most out of it. We will meet the describer who described that day's performance, but we also met one of the other people who's an audio describer at Jiva, and we talked to him a little bit about his involvement and what all is involved in putting together a description for a production. I'm Doug Waterman, and I'm one of the describers who work with Lisa. This season I described on Golden Pond and Christmas Carol, and I will be describing company. And how did you get involved in this? Uh, I heard that they were looking for someone, and I came, and they have a sort of an audition slash application process, and they offered me a position after I did some practicing of describing footage from a play on television and described a photograph of a set, and Lisa decided to give me a chance. These people make it look simple, but you can tell there's a lot of effort, care, and attention that goes into making these things to make it uh, as nice as it is for the people who watch the shows. The play we saw was probably under two hours long. It was a comedy, but they figure it takes them about 30 hours of pretty serious work to put together the audio description for any one production. You know... It's more work than I would have thought. Most of the time is spent in writing up the descriptions of the set, the costumes, and then that goes back and forth with Lisa several times, and there's three rehearsals where we'll come and run through our description, and then she'll give us comments, and we'll go, should have thought of that, and get it fine-tuned, and... It's always a lot better by the performance than it was when we started. So you actually write what you're going to say? Yes, initially. And then Lisa will edit or suggest edits. And so there's a lot of conversation about which description will be most effective. And this is certainly a team effort with a lot of feedback back and forth. And they want to make sure they get this right. And they, they really do an excellent job. We've heard a little bit about the process. Now let's go see a show. First thing you need to do is get tickets. And 
at Jiva, at our local theater, you just buy a regular seat, but you have to get a seat for the performance that has the described audio. And that's always the third Sunday matinee. If you're planning to bring your guide dog to the theater, they ask that you inform the box office ahead of time and request a seat either next to the aisle or in the front row so there's room for the dog. You can just go to their website. Once you've got your ticket, you show up on the day of the performance. You walk into the lobby. Okay, here's my ID. Hi, Pam. Oh, my name is Stacy Lozano. I'm a volunteer. Here you go. Hello. Wait. Hey, Pete, if I could just trouble you to see your ticket, please. I need your ticket assignment. Okay, so you understand. I hold on to your license until the conclusion of the performance. You come back, return the unit, and I give you back your license. Sounds good. Okay. Yep. So we got our headphones, and they gave us a program in Braille, which was a lot larger than the print edition. And then we wandered into the theater to listen to the audio description that happened before the play. But first, let's meet the audio describer. My name is Shonda Yuri, and I'm the audio describer for uh, Perfect Wedding at Jiva Theater Center. I got into audio describing because I used to work for the education department at Jiva and was familiar with the program already. I had moved away, left the position, um, and come back to Rochester when they started looking for new audio describers. They did a training, I got an email, and I was sort of interested. It, it feels like a way to really help people enjoy theater in a new and different way. And this is, I think it's my fourth season doing it. The audio describer sits in a small booth in the back of the theater with some glass so she can see what's happening on the stage to get her cues right. And when I tell you this is a small booth, it really is. If you had too big of a lunch, I don't think she would fit in there. She has a microphone in there and it's relatively soundproof. And then she talks to descriptions as the play is going on so that visually impaired folks can know what's going on. 20 minutes before curtain, she proceeds to go through a detailed description of the sets and what you can expect to see. So get your headphones on. Good afternoon and welcome to Jiva Theater Center's production of Perfect Wedding by Robin Hawden. I'm Shonda Yuri, and I'll be your audio describer for this afternoon. Perfect Wedding is directed by Bruce Jordan, scenic design by Bill Clark, costume designs by Mimi Maxson, lighting design by Derek Madonia, and sound design by Dan Roach. The play takes place in the honeymoon suite of a country house hotel somewhere outside of London in the present day. The set for Perfect Wedding is a combination of reality and fantasy. While the honeymoon suite is furnished appropriately, the top of the set is very unrealistic. Above and behind the suite, there are cutouts of the tops of trees and a steeple. The steeple is gray stone and has a metal weather vane on top. Blue sky and white clouds are also visible. A convention often used in set design is the imaginary wall. On this set, an imaginary wall divides the suite into two rooms, a sitting room on the left side and a bedroom on the right. The walls of both rooms are salmon pink with green swirling wallpaper that starts about eight and a half feet up the wall. All of the doors are wooden and have been painted white with glass knobs. Stenciled on the wall around each doorway are green vines. As you can tell, she tries to give you a fairly accurate and objective description of what's on stage so you don't miss anything and you have an idea of what everybody else is seeing. It was really interesting, you know, for me even, and I could see the stage, to hear her overview of what the set was like in general and then she started on one side and worked her way from left to right around every single object in this set 
Very systematically, yes. And there were an awful lot of objects on that stage, and she covered every single one of them. And when she was done with the set, she proceeded to describe the characters and how they were going to be attired for their initial entry. Bill, played by Carrie Donaldson, is a tall man in his late 20s with dirty blonde hair. He wears only a watch. He adds teal boxer briefs, khaki trousers, and teal plaid shirt during the first scene. Judy, played by Kate Middleton, is a petite woman in her late 20s with shoulder-length blonde hair. She appears wearing a watch, heart-shaped necklace, and round dangling pearl earrings. She adds a silk fuchsia polka-dotted knee-length dress with a drop waist and magenta and teal T-strap shoes. She carries a purple clutch. Again, you can see in that description of the characters, they try not to miss anything, and you really get a complete description of what these people are going to look like when they come on stage. You actually did hear that correctly. She described the first actor as wearing nothing but a watch. But don't worry, he was covered up. Well, it was a farce after all. And then the play began. We got to hear descriptions of what was going on that you might have otherwise missed. Which door somebody was slamming if they were going into the bathroom or into the hallway or who was entering. Or if someone had something in their hand that they hit another character with, like a toilet brush in this case, you knew they got hit with a toilet brush. And then at intermission, about 10 minutes before the second act began, she gave more description of anything new that had happened on the stage or anything that any actor returning to the stage was going to be wearing that was different. And so that was a big help understanding what was going on in the second act. At the end of the play, we went back to the lobby, we returned our headsets, and we cornered a few patrons who were returning theirs to get some comments. First, a woman named Maggie. Well, the audio description was fine. It, it wasn't uh, needed as much as, as in uh, the other two plays I was at because there, there was just so much verbally going on already, so much dialogue already. So, But what there was was fine. Uh, I couldn't always hear it, though, because the audience would be laughing real hard, and I, I couldn't always hear the description when that happened. I had a very similar reaction to Maggie. In this play, the speech was very descriptive of what was going on, so there wasn't a lot of audio description needed, although at times there was, and that's when the audio describer chimed in. I mean, she didn't overdo it with the audio description. Also, as Maggie pointed out, sometimes the laughter of the audience made it a little bit difficult to hear what the audio describer was saying. But fortunately, there was a volume control on our little audio devices, and you just had to play around with that a little bit. So altogether, it worked out pretty well. Next, we asked Yasmina what she thought. I've been in Germany to audio describe movies and like movie theaters, and here I've been coming for a while. Yes, and it's very nice. At times, like, if they speak and then now, because I can see some little bit of shadow, so it's a little bit hard for me to concentrate on, on listening and then moving around and talking. Um, but other than that, it, I mean, they're doing a pretty good job. And last, we asked Bill what he thought. I'm only partially handicapped, but I have macular degeneration. It's getting so that things on a stage are not as clear to me, they're foggier and so on. So this is a great help. I think it's wonderful that Jeeva is doing this. And uh, it just helps me catch some things that otherwise I'd miss some action on the stage. 
And he points out something very interesting. Um, many people aren't totally blind, and they may not be able to see quite as good as they used to. So having the extra description of the details of what may appear blurry on the stage can help them out quite a bit. So this can be applicable to many people. Now for this week's high-tech item, we'll be talking about the actual listening devices. Yeah, they were slick. They were very easy to use with a minimal number of buttons. Basically, it had an on-off switch, volume control, little headphones that snugly fit over your ear. But only one ear, so you could still hear clearly out of the other one. Right. They're very small and portable, very lightweight, so it wasn't very obtrusive. They had a little hook on them so you could clip it onto your shirt pocket or pants pocket. And the entire device, well, there was just the small headphone that you placed over your ear that was smaller than your ear, and then the box was just a little bit bigger than a deck of cards. And it's basically a radio receiver. The reception was very clear. I didn't notice any noise or static. When you first turn it on, if they're not transmitting, there'll be some static. It's picking up just basically noise because it doesn't have a signal to pick up. But once they turned on the description system, it was uh, just fine quality. And of course, we had a look at the details. Where did these things come from? Well, they happened to come from a company called Listen Tech. And if you're interested in more details on the listening devices, you can go to their website at www.listentech.com. That's L-I-S-T-E-N-T-E-C-H, all one word. They had a stationary FM transmitter in the booth that Shonda Yuri was using. And we each had one of their portable digital FM receivers with a hard plastic ear speaker yeah, it worked quite well. I was I was impressed. And it was quite easy. I was a little concerned about hearing both the description and the play at the same time. But as Nancy said, because you put it over one ear, you could hear with the other ear. Plus, it wasn't a headphone that sort of covered your entire ear and blocked out all the sound. You could even hear some sound through the sound with the earpiece on it. And the describer was always careful never to speak when an actor was speaking. So you heard the entire dialogue and then... During the times between the dialogue, if something had happened, then the describer would describe what was going on. And, you know, sometimes this play was a really fast-moving play. There were times she had a talk kind of fast, but she always managed to find a pause that was big enough to convey what she needed to during that amount of time. Well, that's a lot of the good prep work that goes into creating the audio description to make sure that they know when they can speak, what action is happening in the play, and where the open spots are. It can be tricky. But after 16 years, they've gotten it down pretty well here, and, and I thought they did a really terrific job. Yeah, quite excellent. It was, it was a fun experience. And as usual, you can find all the contact information in the show notes associated with this episode at www.eyesonsuccess.net. That's it for show number 1834. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be talking about our experiences as physicists. Over the last seven and a half years, we've done a number of episodes where we talked to blind individuals with a huge variety of careers, some of which you might find surprising that a blind person could be successful at. And over the years, we've gotten 
requests from various listeners for us to talk about what it was like for Pete as a blind physicist. And frankly, I've got a little bit of extra empathy for his situation because my minority of being a female physicist was almost as small. If you have any questions regarding something you've heard about on the show or you'd like to share an idea for a future show, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net or call us at 585-210-8094. You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy and distributed by WXXI Reach Out Radio. Browse the full archive of programs, find instructions for subscribing to the podcasts, and much more at www.eyesonsuccess.net. You can also find us on iTunes and follow us on Facebook at Eyes on Success or Twitter at underscore Eyes on Success. We hope you will join us again next week for more information and updates on products for accessible living. Thanks for listening to Eyes on Success and have a nice day.